You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hello, Murph. Well, hello, AP. Here we are actually in the same room together this week. It's a special day for many reasons, but yeah, because we're here in person together. Yes, and it's a beautiful fall day in Iowa. At the time of this recording, it is what, mid-October? Yeah. 2023. We're solidly in spooky season. Do you have your Halloween costume yet? Mm, It's a secret. Okay, mine too. I won't... I'm not going to disclose it. I won't even give you a hint. Most of all, because I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so all what right. else is going on in Ragbri world? Well, we have a lot cooking right now. Um, namely, the Ragbri web store is about to reopen at long Ooh. last after the ride. So if you'd like to get your jersey, your shorts, your bibs, your t-shirt, your commemorative uh, pint glass, we're going to have it ready for you on ragbri.com shop. Are those, um, you know, those Christmas sweaters? They're, I want to say they're ugly Christmas sweaters. Are those still going to be available? If we have any left, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I don't see any here in the merch room with us, but <sighs> okay, I'm I'll not going to rule it out. I will look when the web store is back up and running. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So beyond that, we have finalized the Ragbride 2024 logo. And are you disclosing it here on the podcast? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> But we're about to start teasing the logo on our social media, okay. and the announcement will come October 31st. October so, 31st? That's coming right up. It's Halloween. Okay. Yep. And um, I'm not a mathlete. I'm sure I've disclosed that before. But the Roman numeral number for 51, is it just simply L-I? Exactly. <gasps> oh, yep. okay. You nailed it. Yep. Okay. So Ragbri L-I yep. logo is going to be disclosed on October 31st. Yeah, exactly. So okay. get excited. It's a great logo. I love the logo. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, so I'll stop now. Okay, awesome. Well, we are live and in person, at least with each other, because we have a very, very special guest, someone that we actually talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast. So... Um, I'll do a fake drum roll and you introduce our guest. <laughs> Introducing the brand new director of the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, Luke Hoffman. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Hello, Luke Hoffman. We're so excited to have you here today. We're so excited to meet you and uh, see where you take the coalition. Thank you, AP and Murph. It's really good to be here. I'm excited to share my vision for the organization and what these next, you know, 50 years. I know Ragbride just had its 50th anniversary, and I'm just really excited to kind of grow this partnership together. Uh, I think we're part and parcel, you know, part of the same community of cyclists who, oh, for sure. you know, if we can see that thing really grow from where it already has come so far from into what it can be in the next 50 years together, I think, you know, this is really kind of a nexus partnership. Um, and what can we do to see that vision come to fruition? That's what I'm here for. It's such a um, unique and important partnership because if you look at the Iowa Bike Coalition you represent the entire state of Iowa so you you are all about making the roads well I'll let you speak to that but I would guess making the roads safer and more accessible to the entire state and then I look over at Andrea and that's you know Ragbri is about the same thing you know Matt Fippen is working hard with the state patrol to make sure as we ride across the state um, typically we're not riding you know amongst vehicles but we're also doing the same thing by going all over the state as we ride Ragbri so what a nice what a nice connection yeah 
it's it's going to be great. I uh, sense great things from our group because it just it's going to be fun. We all have the same goals. Yeah. Um, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. I want to learn a little bit more about you, Luke, as okay. we get to know each other. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about you and where you're from, where you've worked previously? Stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So originally born in Omaha, Nebraska, in a oh. little kind of uh, area called Benson, Omaha. So I was born there, but very quickly after I was born, uh, my dad decided to become a pastor. Uh, so he was a pastor for the Assemblies of God denomination, and he quickly uh, moved us to Iowa. So I first lived in a small town called Thurman, Iowa, which is a population Thurman. at the time about 310. Now it's something about 274 or so. Mm. Um, and when I was growing up in Thurman, Iowa, you know, they had a bank, a post office, and a gas station, and the bank and the post office closed down. So there wasn't a lot to oh, do man. other than be outside on bikes, which me and my sister, I vividly recall, would always do with our dogs who would chase us around and we'd be out on the streets and I always felt very safe. It was a very small rural community, as sure, you can imagine, with yeah. that kind of a population. But what part of the state is Thurman? That's a Fremont County, Southwest Iowa. Okay. Um, and then you know, a little bit after that, a few years later, we moved to Emmitsburg. So mm -hmm. people probably have heard of Emmitsburg and maybe not of Thurman. I think I met only one or two folks. Oh, Thurman! I'm like, oh wow, you've heard of Thurman? That's <laughs> that's uh, news to me. That's you're the one of two people. Um, and then when you move to, uh, after that, Fredonia, Iowa. So I've been all over the state uh, for a time, very short period of time. I also lived in Davenport. So I, I've really experienced uh, Iowa. And then finally, I, I now personally live in Des Moines, but then mm -hmm. obviously the office for the Iowa Bicycle Coalitions in Coralville. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've really spanned the state as far as where I personally resided. And so I really feel like I grew up uh, with roots here in Iowa. Yeah, sounds like it. So you're not a a Nebraska Husker though. I I can't oh, no. I can't I, I know this is going to get me in trouble but uh, <laughs> I don't call myself a corn husker no. Okay, okay. great. That's not Very how good. I identify. And it's just cuz I don't care about uh, football though so okay. I'm not All a right. Hawkeye either. I was going <laughs> to say we will not ask you if you're a Hawkeye or a Cyclone or my alma mater the UNI Panthers. Oh, well. But uh, I didn't mean to ask a controversial question there. But <laughs> I no. think you just caused some serious controversy across <laughs> yeah. state lines even. Yeah. So I know oh, I'm going to no. hear about that. Nebraska fans were so sorry, but yeah. Well. But um and you uh, are now the executive director of the Iowa Bike Coalition, but uh, tell us about your previous experience. Yeah, so um, the uh, organization I was with just right before this, uh, Iowa Rivers Revival, it's a statewide environmental nonprofit doing similar work around advocacy to protect and restore our rivers and streams. Um, so, uh, you know, very similar statewide, again, uh, smaller nonprofit, but mighty as far as the vision that it has for really getting people out on the water. So it's, it's similar. It's, it's water trails. Uh, this is obviously bike trails and mm -hmm. the biking community. And so it's all about trails, what it comes down to. So it was a pretty natural transition for me. Um, it's similar focus, similar vision, uh, different audiences. Yeah. And then uh, before that, you know, I was um, working with the Polk County Water and Land Legacy uh, campaign, which is a bond referendum that passed, uh, and I'm very proud of this, in Polk County with 81.3% uh, of the vote. Uh, you know, a majority of all political parties voted for it. It was a nonpartisan political race. Um, people from all over the spectrum um, uh, of parties endorsed it, different organizations supported it, and it, it passed and it got $65 million for conservation wow. in Polk County. Uh, and that includes things like infrastructure, that includes things like, yes, trails as well. 
uh, a huge chunk for water quality as well and then infrastructure around things like the scott avenue bridge for example getting that dam out of there so people can paddle and obviously there's bike trails around there too mm -hmm. so it, it's all interconnected in the broader conversation of conservation mm -hmm. so that that led me to then the iowa rivers revival and then now to here so it was a very natural progression and mm -hmm. I, I felt yeah. very much welcomed um, in in this kind of space of the kind of nonprofit and conservation and then now trails a lot of the same people there's a lot of overlap there and I just always felt very welcome and so I'm lucky for that yeah yeah uh, really good connection so yeah. um, so I do not live in Des Moines I, everyone knows that I'm in Cedar Rapids and I love coming to Des Moines to use the bike trails um, biking with AP which we've had a blast right that, absolutely yes we were just here uh, biking together recently for the Great Iowa Fall Ride. But Luke, we wanted to kind of get your impression of, like, what do you think of the cycling culture here? Um, because, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about your bike club in a second here. Okay. But tell us what you think of the cycling culture. So this is something, when I first moved to Des Moines, I, I would just use the word magical. And I use that very intentionally. I, I genuinely believe this. I have a great story about the person who got me onto my bike club, uh, Kenneth Rosales, who uh, saw me on one of the bridges where cyclists were stopped, just having a beer. And he welcomed me over and offered me a beer. And, and he said, hey, how's it going? Uh, what are you doing today? And I was just out for a ride personally, head towards the Greenbelt area. Um, and I, you know, he, he pulled me over and handed me a beer and started talking and he was part of the tall dog bike club. Um, but it's really emblematic of, I think the cycling culture is, is something of in, inherent inclusivity, welcomeness, and just feeling like you're part of something bigger than yourself, uh, and bigger than something than just you and your bike. It's this group of people who really actually do care about you and, and care about the trails and care deeply about what it means to be a cyclist and to feel safe on the roads. It's all of those things. Um, and, and I think that story really for me was what uh, broadened my perspective of the cycling community because I would just go and get lost on the trails. Mm. You know, I would go to the Great Western and I couldn't even remember how to get home and I would have to bike, you know, back on, try to, you know, reverse engineer my course. and Intentionally, right? Intentionally, yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved it. I loved every moment of it. And it's just one of those things from like a mental health perspective that it, that is the, the moments of peace that I have are out on the trail. So it's very meaningful for me. It's, it's actually pretty moving. And I, I don't think I could be a, a good human being without it um, because I need that space where you can do like inner conflict resolution. You can, you can really take a moment for your own mental health. I think it's important for a lot of people I would wager a guess that a lot of other people feel that way as well. Uh, and so that's something that, again, just going back to the community aspect, everybody needs that space to either feel like they're connected to someone bigger than to themselves or just to have that space to themselves uh, where they don't feel like oh, those distractions of the world are kind of honing in on them. So well said. Yeah. I was biking. Um, it might have been right before pre-ride AP. I was riding with Sherry Ott. I don't know if you remember the episode mm, I did mm -hmm. with her. She's the one who's riding capital to capital across the United States. And it was the same kind of thought process that you mentioned, Luke, where she was just like, I cannot believe we're in a major, you know, the capital of the, of the state, but yet we are lost in the woods. Not, I mean, not literally lost, but like metaphorically lost yeah, in the woods yeah. it was beautiful we um it, you know interrupted a big goose party that we had to stop and take <laughs> photos of so it was just uh i know exactly what you're what you're saying and i want to really want to quick go back to 
the man that you mentioned, Kenneth, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know if you know this, but he's also been on the podcast. I've recently become aware of this, <laughs> and now I can't wait to talk to him about it. I hope he's hearing this now. Yeah. So yeah, episode 144, uh, Kenneth just talks about biking experiences in Des Moines and also the Tall Dog Bike Club. Yeah, and he's also part of the Who's Riding Des Moines, you know, and yeah. uh, it, it's really, really funny because I'm not somebody who spends a lot of time on social media, and he would always give me a lot of guff for that <laughs> as a nice way to put it. Oh, why aren't you on Facebook? Uh, you know, I would ask him, when's the ride happen? He's like, well, get on Facebook and go to the Facebook page, man. <laughs> and, and my bike club always constantly gives me guff for that as well. Uh, but the funny part of that is, is that people from Who's Riding, because he would always post these awesome pictures, like Kenny is known for these epic pictures like I think he's even had some of them like recognized officially because they're just that cool Um, but he would post pictures of us out and of course they'd always look better than my photos and I wasn't using social media so people oh you you're from who's right and I'd be like what are you talking about and he's like oh that's my Facebook page you're on it I was like I'm not even on Facebook right now that's funny Uh, and I don't know, Murph, if you're on that group, Who's Riding, but it's an awesome page. I highly recommend it. It's on Facebook. If you live in the Des Moines area or if you're interested in riding in the Des Moines area, I highly recommend you look up Who's Riding Des Moines. Yes, I am on it, just so you know. But okay, just not because I'm in Des Moines, but it's just I, I think I probably got connected because of Kenneth. And I was overwhelmed with how fabulous his photos were. And so now I just kind of look and go, oh, man, if I was in Des Moines, I'd be riding there. (laughs) I mean, quite literally, I have some of his pictures that he's taken of me biking on my wall that I framed. I mean, that's how, you know, invested I am in his photography. That is awesome. (laughs) I mean, it's just another example of how cool the culture is. Yeah. Yeah. And that all happened because I was out on a bike ride and he handed me a beer. Yeah. And said, hey, how are you? That's awesome. Yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about that bike club that you're part of? Yeah, so the Tall Dog Bike Club, uh, I'm a proud uh, member. Um, We're the longest running bike club, 47 years strong, as far as a rag bike club is concerned. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute. I think another club, or is it a team, also says that. Yeah, the Quad City Bike Club also has the claim to being one of the longest yeah. running ones. And I don't remember how many years they say they have been in operation. So we do need we need a fact check on this. Well, and I think they I think they claim that they've been part of every single one. But maybe it's as a team and not a club or a club and not a team. I don't know. There but could be some technical stuff here. Okay, and we'll I have know, to get the pe- people to weigh in. Yeah. I think maybe one of your first official duties might be to go to the Quad Cities and duke this not not duke it out and investigate work, and investigate yeah cash it out with yep. words uh well that's good news because i am scheduled as the <laughs> keynote speaker for the quad cities bike club annual chili luncheon for those of you who would like to come out and attend it's coming up this saturday the 14th at 12 30 and it's going to be out in bettendorf uh iowa and okay. so we're going to do a bike ride actually before that at 10 30 a little bit of ways around there just to check out some of the trail systems because they have some pretty good trail systems oh, out nice. there. So uh, me and I believe John from the Quad Cities Bike Club, we're going to go out there and do uh, a ride to kind of highlight that and also uh, examine some in, uh, accessibility issues that mm-hmm. might be present out there that I've heard some news of. And then, yeah, we'll have to settle this. Uh, who's the longest running yes. bike club? <laughs> and this then, is something that we really need to know the answer to. Well, our listeners for sure do. So make sure you reach out to AP and I and give us the lowdown. So our next episode, we will, um, you know, lay it down. We'll, we'll give you the honest truth. <laughs> I love that we're getting down to the really important questions here. Like, look. <laughs> okay, let's get down to the important questions. Okay, all right. 
I will say just real quick about the bike club uh, on a serious note that the thing that attracted me to them beyond the fact that Kenny, who is part of that, I call him Kenny because he's my friend, but Kenneth Rosales, who attracted me to that club and opened the door, he sponsored me in. Of course, it was the welcomeness I talked about. But for the club itself, they, they take seriously the value of community. Mm-hmm. And, and before I ever knew that this organization was uh, an organization that I could be a leader of, that is the value that really kept me in Iowa. That's it was awesome. about being yeah. connected to a community of cyclists who no matter what happened to me that day, I could always get out on the trails and there would be people out there who would be supportive of me mm-hmm. as a person. And I think that's what people are looking for when you get on a bike. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, and that brings us to talking specifically about the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Um, we've had Mark on many, many times. We've talked about the IBC many times. But do you want to give us the Luke Hoffman version of an overview of what? I'm going to just call it IBC. I hope that's okay. That's totally fine. Okay. Yeah, so um, Iowa Bicycle Coalition is a statewide nonprofit. Uh, we are dedicated to making sure that the roads and trails are safe and accessible uh, for everybody. Um, and I would even extend that a bit further in saying for people of all backgrounds or abilities. I think that's mm. something that uh, is implied in our vision is that, and it is really important to me and something that attracted me to the organization is that I feel very passionately that the cycling community here in Iowa is, is very inclusive like I've been talking about. I'll give you an example to, to kind of highlight this. So Easter Lake uh, is actually one of the most accessible for people of all abilities, uh, bodies of water, uh, because of their trail system, you know, we obviously we know the Easter Lake trail system, uh, it's accessible to everybody. And that's something that's a model for the rest of the state and for the rest of the country. Again, that's the most accessible body of water in the whole country as far as I'm oh, aware. Wow. And so it's because they make sure that anybody of any ability can access it in some way, shape or form. Uh, my bike club, going back to that, they would do an Easter Lake ride, you know, probably once a month during training season. Uh, and that was one of my favorite rides. You know, you get to go around the water and, and just the interconnectivity between water and rivers and trails. You know, it's all about trails. It's all about bike trails, water trails. That's something that I think is really, really important and significant. I would love to see every single person in Iowa own a bike and a kayak. I think oh, that would be nice. I think that would be a good goal for the state. And so my vision for the organization is that Iowa is known as the most bicycling friendly state in the entire country. And I think it's an achievable goal that we can work on together. I love it. Yeah. Now we have to figure out how to pull a kayak with your bike. That that I haven't figured out yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe an inflatable one. Well, I was just going to say yeah. Yeah. that, you know, I drive a, a car, not an SUV. And so my hang up with not owning a kayak is because I don't know how to transport it. Mm-hmm. But I just recently found out I have two friends that have um, inflatable kayaks mm-hmm. that just pack up small and they fit in the back seat of their car. So I'm I'm on board with your vision on this, too. There's an entire, I was told uh, this by, I went to the street collective and I was talking with a person there and they were mentioning to me that I think in Colorado or somewhere, there's an actual niche sport around, uh, and I think it's something about being totally self-contained, where you have, yeah, a kayak, maybe it's inflatable, you bike with it to a body of water, you kayak down that, that river or stream, and then you somehow have your bike with you, maybe mm. it's a collapsible bike, and then you bike back to the end of your destination it's 100 and that's a whole thing that's so cool i'm actually 
part of that Facebook group. Oh, of course, I don't know what it's called. Okay, I'll put it in the show notes because I'll look it up. But I did it again because of the visuals, like the photos of somebody bikes to the side of a body of water. They pump up their kayak. They take off their front tire and back tire. They, you know, strap it onto the front of their kayak and away they go. It it looks it looks amazing. It's it's a dream of mine. And, And thinking about what is that? reflect to me it's about independence yeah. it's about the feeling of freedom and it's about that sense of adventure and we shouldn't we all be able to share in that oh Absolutely. for sure yeah. yeah yeah and just enjoying the outdoors yeah, yeah exactly yeah yep so as executive director of the iowa bicycle coalition tell us about your role yeah that's a great that's a great question it definitely changes every single day um, so some days, you know, I'm very focused on advocacy and, uh, you know, during the legislature being in session, I'm going to be up at the Capitol probably every day or almost every day uh, speaking with representatives about bike safety legislation, mm. speaking about why we need to pass uh, hands-free, uh, distraction-free driving legislation that protects lives, thinking about how we can talk to legislators in an effective way uh, and and leveraging our members to come and have those effective conversations that's first and foremost and then second you know building community across the whole state so that looks like you know attending monday night gravel rides in iowa city which Mm -hmm. i did uh, actually on my very first day uh and that was uh, my actually my first gravel ride i had never ridden gravel before so i I did that uh it was really really fun crew to do it with if you're going to do it for the first time they were amazing and i'd give a quick shout out to some folks that i i know were on that ride I, I think their Instagram handles are Gravel Scouts and mm. Gravel Gang. I know those are the Iowa two. Iowa Gravel Gang. Iowa Gravel yes. Gang. That's what He's I'm talking about. He's been on about. the podcast as well. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm just, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that was my very first day. So oh, I, I yeah. did that. Of course, all my onboarding. But, you know, every day is different. Um, and, and then there's a lot of management of the organization. And so, you know, a lot of people don't know what it takes to manage a nonprofit organization versus like a small business. And they are somewhat similar and there are some common denominators, but there are some things that are totally different. Uh, you know, you have to obviously be uh, recognizing your donors mm-hmm. and that's different than, uh, you know, giving profits to an investor, for example. So when you recognize a donor, you want to make sure that they feel like their contribution is meaningful and has impact and that you're creating partnerships that are sustainable and that you can do things that really move the needle on the mission of the organization. So Mm -hmm. for us, that looks like people who give to this organization, uh, they feel that there's value in in their investment. It's really about an investment of their resources because it's coming from somebody who maybe doesn't have a ton of money, but this is something they care deeply about. Yeah. So when when I'm thinking about a bike ride, right, um, I use trails quite a bit anymore and I love gravel, but distracted driving is something that comes up. I think every cyclist thinks about distracted driving when they're on their bike. So how can the Iowa Bicycle Coalition help cyclists feel safer on a bike? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly asked exactly the right way. Um, I'll give you a quick story personally. So, and this was pretty crazy to me, but the very first day, the day I accepted the job um, as director of the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, I actually had a pretty close encounter. Um, And this was my first encounter that I had that was a a pretty close call. I didn't get hurt, but it it came pretty close. Um, I went out on a ride with a tall dog bike club and we like to go down to Pirate Pizzeria in Norwalk. 
And so we were coming back from that ride. It was getting pretty late. I was following all of the traffic laws. I was wearing high visibility, you know, gear. Of course, the tall dog uh, gear is already high vis. It's yellow mostly. Uh, and then I had all my lights on. I was following, again, the traffic laws. As I was crossing kind of Jethro South there, coming out of the Great Western Trail, uh, and we were crossing the intersection. Again, we're following the laws. So a, a driver actually sped up uh, instead of slowing down because oh, I wow. had the right of way. Um, and, you know, I was with my partner who was able to kind of just get through the intersection just fine. I was right behind her following. And I was just so stunned because this is at night again. So the bright lights are shining in my right. face. And I had actually turned and signaled with my hand again, following the traffic laws that I am crossing and I waved and then I made eye contact with the driver huh. and then they sped up. And, wow. and so I actually being clipped in just kind of froze out of fear sure. and fell uh, while clipped in. And it wasn't fun. I didn't get hurt or anything like that, but it, they stopped about three feet away from my, it, from my bike. And that could have been a diff way different story. Totally. Wow. And I'm sure lots of people can relate to this. This mm -hmm. was the day I accepted the job and yeah. I was like, there's a reason why this happened. Right. I think this is, this is something that I really need to dig in personally and, and realize there's a reason why I'm in this position and, and how can we protect people to your point? How can we make people feel more safe? And I think that starts by eliminating as much as we can, uh, in the legal context, uh, distracted driving. And that starts with passing hands free driving. We're already almost there. It's just about kind of finishing the, the job. Um, and in fact, we, we got it, I think it was almost all the way through the Senate, or all the way through the Senate side. We just need to get it through the House side. Um, there's a lot of support in this current legislature. I just got back from uh, a great event with uh, local policymakers, and there wasn't a single person that I talked to. I think I talked to between 10 and 12 different key senators, and they all were unanimously supportive. Oh, that's um, awesome. And, so, and these are people in significant positions of authority, and we have some real trail champions and bike champions um, actually ridden bikes recently with uh, the person who introduced our bill just give a shout out to Senator Kelker I mean she's been an amazing champion she I think she was one of the people who either co-sponsored or introduced our bill even and and so she's a champion of, of distraction free driving and I think we can be supportive of that I think we're pretty close to getting it done I'd like to see it get done this session if that happens, what that means is that you can't just have your cell phone drive with your cell phone. You'd have to use Bluetooth. Um, and, and that could really, I think, save some lives. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's voting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that kind of leads us. You kind of already answered our next question, but let's talk about it a little bit more in depth. Um, tell us what your vision is for the future of the Bike Coalition and where you want to go from there. Yeah, so uh, I would really like to see us be that connector organization. Um, I, I wanna build new tools for people to connect to teams, clubs, rides, organizations that will help get them out on, on their bike in a safe and effective way, in, in a way that provides maybe some educational value or just a fun experience. And what that looks like is, you know, in the last organization I was a part of, we worked a lot on kind of an interactive map that would collate in a fun way all of the different events that were happening. Mm. And um, I know there are, are organizations out there who are doing amazing work. Like I'd call out Scott specifically with Bike Iowa. He, I know yeah. he does this. And, uh, you know, I've talked with Scott. And how can we be supportive of his work to ensure that kind of engagement to, and that engagement can help build that community if we can have really good information sharing. So if somebody really wants to know, hey, like I, I have a bike, I just bought a bike, 
who can I ride with? You know, okay, well, let's get you out onto this Who's Riding Des Moines page if you're in Des Moines. Or maybe you want to go on the Monday Night Gravel Ride out in Iowa City. Or maybe you want to go be a member of the Quad Cities Bike Club. You know, we want to be that connector. So I think that's first and foremost because I think it's, it's about that value-building community. Um, and then in the future, beyond just the hands-free legislation, I'd like to see change lanes to pass passed as well, which I think could also save lives. Uh, you know, a car can ha- actually change a lane to pass a cyclist. I think that would be significant. And then the other thing that I would like to see happen um, is that Safe Routes to School, which is our federally funded program through the Department of Transportation, uh, would be universal throughout the state of Iowa in every school and every school district. Mm. That is a vision that I have. I think this would be significant. Just think about the, you know, thousands of kids who are going through school uh, who aren't getting education on alternative transportation. This is something that's happening in other states where it's actually uh, something that the state does for all fourth graders. They provide education, they provide training, they provide support and resources. It's kind of like when you're going over a crosswalk and you have somebody there to kind of help guide you. Well, it'd be similar to this where we would identify for each school and each school district the safe routes in partnership with local stakeholders and community members and, and leaders and saying here here's the designated routes and then those routes would be protected, which would protect kids. It would empower parents because they could actually let their kids use that. Maybe they'd bike with them to school. That would be great. Or they could bike with friends. And that's that builds community too. That builds, you know, uh, self-awareness. That builds their ability to, to be an individual on their own. And I think that's great. Um, that's what we should be supporting. And so I'd like to see uh, support for the safe routes to school increase. And then the other thing I'd lift up is, you know, currently um, the, the trail funding is at a really great level compared to 10 years ago. Um, so it, even in just 2021, we we're at $1 million for trail funding and what's called the RIF budget. Uh, and that's the Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund, RIF. And that is kind of the comprehensive fund that includes trail funding. Uh, again, 2021 at $1 million, 2022, 1.5, 2023, 2.5. Nice. So we've yeah. seen an increase there. That's excellent. We'd love to at least keep it at 2.5 or increase it. Some of your listeners may be aware there is, and this has been all over the news, there's a $2 billion surplus. And so I, I would love to see, you know, a, a nice portion of that go to continuing to increase that uh, specifically I think something one of the projects I think it could be used for is completing the rails to trails uh, all the way across so that you can ride yes. contiguous in a contiguous fashion across the entire state on a rails to trail without having to use any road again obviously it would protect cyclists because you wouldn't be on the road at all uh, and then second I think it'd be similar to like the Katy Trail right where you have the ability to have this experience and you could you could cross the whole state on the off season in the fall, right? Yeah. And then you could have that kind of rag experience. You could do it in the fall with some friends. That's gonna create tourism. That's gonna create economic development. That's gonna enhance our ability to uh, have a great uh, labor and workforce here because we're short on labor right now. And it's gonna increase talent attraction and retention because people are gonna feel roots in their community. That's something they're gonna identify with. And it's something that's gonna make them feel passionate about our state. I love it. And two things come to mind when you mentioned about, you know, the rail trails or um, getting trails across Iowa, like both uh, Katie Trail and the Wabash Trace come to mind. Because when you look at those communities, like Andrea, you and I did part of the Birds and Bees ride uh, with Pork Belly a couple of years ago. And to see those communities, how they uh, embrace cycling, the art, 
the restaurants, the bars, everything uh, was catering to cyclists. Of course, people can go there that don't cycle, but you could tell that they are taking advantage of cyclists coming through their community, and that's just one more thing that trails, trails do for them. I'm so glad that you brought up the Wabash Nature Trace Trail because <laughs> it is my favorite trail yeah. in the state of Iowa, and I got a couple of reasons why. Uh, the first reason is that, uh, so it starts in Council Bluffs near the, the trailhead, the Iowa School for the Deaf, that kind of area. Well, my, my grandmother on my mother's side has lived in Council Bluffs for the better part of 50 years. Oh. Uh, and so I have some family connections there uh, on my mom's side. And then on my dad's side, at the very end of the trail is a small town after Coin called Blanchard, which is a town of 50 people. Mm. And uh, Gra- Grandpa Hoffman's lived there. Ray Hoffman, shout out to Ray if he's listening, <laughs> yeah. has lived there uh, as long as I can remember. I remember hauling scrap metal around Blanchard with my <laughs> grandpa, and he would have me in his truck with them. And so I actually, this year, uh, kind of in honor of my grandfather because um, he's in ill health right now mm-hmm. and so I, he's in my thoughts and prayers um, I did a ride uh, with friends kind of celebrating him where we started in Council Bluffs and we, we did the whole thing or I should say we tried to do the whole thing because he would say oh son you didn't finish because <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened is we got all the way what happened was there had been some rain okay oh, yeah. and so the, uh, the trail you know crushed it's, limestone it's a little squishy. Yes. Yeah. it does I love crushed limestone trails I love the Wabash mm-hmm. the Wabash has my heart um, but when it rains, it gets a little bit more difficult. So we got as far as coin and my friends were like, call your grandpa. He needs to <laughs> save us. And he, I call him up and he's, I'll be there in a minute. And he gets in, he's in his overalls and he's getting in his truck and he throws our, our, uh, bikes in the back of his truck and he's still got like random scrap metal. We have to kind of wedge ourselves between and he hauls us over to Blanchard where we camp at a pond in his area. Oh my and God, it was I love it. one of the most memorable experiences that I'll keep with me for the rest of my life for that reason. And all my friends are like, your grandpa's the boss. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And is that not part of what everyone loves about cycling is the adventure and you don't necessarily know what's going to happen oh, to you yeah. out on the trail for better or for worse. And it's about, you know, uh, overcoming obstacles and coming together with your family and friends. So Exactly. I love that. Love that story. I love it too. Maybe next spring we uh, rag bri, just go bike, and Iowa Bike Coalition get together and do a little Wabash trace. Always down to do some Wabash. They have this great <laughs> event, and so on that same uh, ride, I ran into it. Didn't know this was going to be happening. They do this little event called the Wabash Warm Up. I don't know if you've hmm. heard about this, oh, right? No. Uh, yeah, this is news to me, and especially since you know I had a friend who had popped a tire even on that same ride, so he was kind of like needing help, and uh, he was trying to fix the tire. And he had fallen a little bit behind us, so we didn't know until he called us a little bit later. But I ran into this event on the trail. It's like a cookout that happens on the trail. And so uh, we like met up with this event and there were people there with a golf cart. And once we got the call, when we were at the event, they're like, oh, uh, we can help you out. And then they put us into the golf cart and we went and picked up my friend who had popped a tire and I'd never met these people before in my life. But you wanna know a funny story is about a year and a half later, uh, when I joined the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, I just went to an event this past Friday. One of the board members on the Iowa Bicycle Coalition named Becca, who is also on one of the committees that help manage manages uh, the Wabash Nature Trace, she met me there, and I didn't even remember her. No <laughs> way. That yeah, is and she's so like, cool. I met you at the Wabash warm-up, and I was like, you did? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I felt bad that I didn't remember her, but oh. she's like, oh, no, no, your friend, and we went and saved him, remember? And oh, I was like, my oh, gosh. my gosh, that's right. That was you. I love the cycling community. I know. Well, and everyone looks a little different in bike clothes, so 
that's always a good excuse. Yes, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. Exactly, yeah. Okay, well, we have, let's see, one more question for you. AP, you want to grab it? Uh, yeah, but I had a different, another question. Okay, we have two more questions for you. Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of want to ask a little side question. Uh, I really love the Pigtails ride, the Bacoon ride, and the Big Rove ride. So I'm just curious, uh, what what's the future of those three rides? That is an awesome question. I was just meeting uh, about the Bakun ride, for example. Uh, the the key partner that we have, uh, Brooks. I don't know if he's been on the podcast before or not. Of course, too. He seems like of somebody course, who would yes. be on the pod. Um, we were meeting, and he helps us out with the Pigtails ride, and we partner with him on the Bakun ride. And we're coming up on the tenth anniversary of the Bakun. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking. Okay, what do we do for this? So actually, this is the perfect opportunity for me to drop this here. But uh, we are taking submissions. If you want to go and either send us an email or you can go to our social media, just, you know, Iowa Bicycle Coalition. We are taking submissions for the 10th anniversary theme <gasps> for the Bay Coon. What should it be? Ooh. You tell us. And oh. the person who gets it, we will give a free registration to the ride. <gasps> Ooh. Nice. Oh, I have some ideas, but I, I want, I know. I'll submit them, though. I was going to say, I have some ideas, too. Yeah. I have loved all of the different themes that the Bay Coon ha- ride has had in the past, so... Oh. oh, okay. How is it 10 years old? I feel like we just rode the first one yeah. <laughs> like it was yesterday. Ugh. I know. But what a great ride. I'm happy to hear that they'll be continuing down the road because they're just some of my favorites in this get you into the spring cycling oh, yeah. spirit so for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're going to go all in on extra for the bands extra for the communities we're going to bring in new partners uh we're going to try to get 3000 riders ooh yeah this time yeah. so that's the goal we'd love to have you there uh we're going to try to open registration uh, right around the expo i think we usually open it we might open it a week early so look for registration to open kind of that second week of january okay awesome. good well and you'll hear about it on this podcast whenever it should happen that's that right so, is yeah. i'll right. come back and we'll yeah. talk about legislature <laughs> and we'll talk about bacon yeah okay. all right very good right. very good okay so our final question for you today uh what challenges do you think are ahead of you for the bike coalition down the road yeah that's a good question too i think you know going back to the building a community of cyclists Um, There have been some bike clubs who have kind of uh, waxed and waned, ebbed and flowed, you know, in terms of membership. Um, There have been some teams who maybe aren't uh, on RAGBRAI anymore. And so I think that it's really, really important for us to be uh, making sure new cyclists feel connected to the community. And that's something that I think we've been kind of talking about already. So making sure that person who gets on the bike for the first time, whether they're four years old, 40 years old, that they feel at that sense of connection and then they feel that that community that I was able to experience that we're able to share that with everybody. And that's, and that's also something that leads me to my second point, which is I think there's an equity concern that I have, which is how do we make cycling accessible for everybody, which is why I extend kind of look at a kind of broader view of our mission and vision. Of course we want cycling to be accessible and safe for everybody, but I think especially we want to underline the part that says for people of all backgrounds or abilities, Yeah, no matter what that is. Yeah. Um, Obviously Ragbri has the dream team and I think that's a really great case study and example for us to look to as a model. Um, but I think there's more that can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, the uh, Underground Railroad Ride. Um, mm, that's yeah. oh, that's yes. something that I would lift up. Is We're going to double down on our support for that. 
Um, that's something that I'm really passionate about. I think we can do more to support that. And when I heard about that event on Iowa Public Radio, I didn't know it was a Bicycle Coalition event. Wait, I think you that's, didn't hear it on the Just Go Bike podcast? It, you know, <laughs> I hadn't heard it there. <laughs> I heard it on IPR. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. We'll, um, we'll convert you. But I think there's more that can be done to support and lift up events like that. Yeah. Models like the Dream Team. Um, you know, one of the other organizations that I would highlight is Wander Women. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the members of the Iowa Bicycle Coalition's board um, Carrie, she, she's a co-owner of that and, and they take, uh, women on extended experiences out in, in the great outdoors. And I think that's just another great example of how can we be supporting great organizations like that? We are called the Iowa bicycle coalition. So we should be working in concert with a group of partners. And that means RAGBRAI. That means the dream team. That means, uh, the underground railroad ride. That means the Wabash nature trace trail. How do we partner with all of these groups? There's a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of trails. There's a lot of trail organizations. So I think it's uh, also a bandwidth issue. So that's kind of my final challenge is, you know, the Iowa Bicycle Coalition has myself and two other staff members. uh, So we're a mostly volunteer statewide organization. So we really rely on the passion of volunteers who care about cycling and want to give back. So whether it's time, whether it's your talent, whether it's your treasure, I would just encourage uh, you and everyone who's listening that we have an open door policy. If you want to give back with your time and you want to volunteer at one of our events, we welcome that. Uh, if you want to give back with a talent that you have, maybe you're really awesome at graphic design, whatever it is, and that's a way you think you can help support the organization, please feel free to reach out. I'll just give everybody my email here and uh, let that go out into the world, <laughs> but it's luke at iowabike.org. Please reach out to me if you have a way that you think you can support the sport. Um, and then finally, if you're willing to give a donation to support us because sustainability is important for nonprofit organizations, we would welcome that as well. But everything is appreciated. Yeah. And where can people go if they want to maybe just learn more about the organization, about you and about ways to donate either their time or their money? Yes. So folks can go to iowabicyclecoalition.org iowabicyclecoalition.org okay and like you said i mean this is a nonprofit organization so um you're looking for monetary funding you're looking for volunteers you're looking for graphic artists and you're looking for just people who love biking that's right uh you know or if you're a small business who cares about cycling as well maybe your business is right next to a trail and you're invested in this the success of the cycling community and you want to partner with us reach out i'd be happy to talk Yeah, love that. Well, Luke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was delightful to get to know you a little bit. Really appreciated the experience. Thank you, AP and Murph. Yeah, thank you, Luke. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at just go bike podcast at gmail.com or you can also follow us on social media at just go bike on facebook twitter and instagram please rate review and subscribe to this podcast especially if you're a fan and if you have any extra time pop on over to the morphology podcast for more bike adventure interviews all right that's a wrap we'll be back next week until then just just go bike. bike